Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. Happy Wine Wednesday. Oh, so I know we've taken a little break. It's been a lot going on. I released my book. And thank you, everybody, for coming out to the launch party. Um, anybody who's bought a book, who's uh, sent me well wishes or said congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So we were invited to the Finger Lakes a few weeks ago to speak on a panel titled A Seat at the Table. The moderator was Etanoso. She's a psalm out of Philly. The panelists were myself, Glennis, and a farmer named Carlos Aguilera. And some of the questions were geared around how we're treated in this industry. A question that Etsy posed was, you know, what do you want to tell winemakers who want to promote diversity and want a more diverse audience, customer base? Glennis and I gave very candid answers and you could feel the shock in the audience when we gave some specific comments. But one of my comments was, black people, we aren't safe everywhere. So how do you want to make us feel when we walk through your doors? A lot of your wineries are off the beaten path on windy roads, dark streets, all of these things. And we're already uncomfortable. Like, And when we walk in, it's like, whew, we made it. All right, we're here. How do you want to make us feel when we walk through your door? When I worked at Black Ankle and I worked in the tasting room, there was a level of relief a look of relief when someone black walked through the door. You could see the relief on their faces because they were probably thinking, oh gosh, one of us, thank goodness, at least I'll be seen. So that was my take. Um, Glennis dropped a bomb on all of them at closing remarks. And um, she's gonna tell us all about that. Leslie was also on a panel the next day called terroir in the age of the internet just how the internet has um, impacted the industry especially during covid and the moderator was maya johnson dunn and hopefully she can be on the podcast soon but here is our entire recap of the finger lakes excursion cheers i don't really have a script i just wanted us to do a little recap of the finger lakes while it was still semi-fresh in our brains um, so I I listened to the podcast that yes. talked about us. Mm-hmm. It was and a podcast I, about us. All due respect to those gentlemen, I apologize because I don't recall the name of the podcast. I think it's called Disgorged. Disgorged. Okay, Disgorged. Yeah. But they had and, a podcast talking about us. Yeah, they, so if you it, recall, Glennis, this was the panel. That I know the was, panel. Okay. That you stole a cursing, and we were like, if that was us, they would have been like, hmm. Right. Okay. Okay. So later, so our good friend, let's shout out Wine Casual. Right. Wine Casual sent us an email shortly after right. our Finger Lakes excursion. I remember and he that. said, hey, they are talking about their um, experience at uh, the conference, the Riesling Finger Lakes um, excursion. And um, they talk about the Swirl Suite panel. 
And just for those who did not have the pleasure to attend, uh, the Swirl Suite was invited to participate in two panels. One was a seat at the table. And then the second one was about social media and the internet and its influence on why. So um, during the seat at the panel, and I'm going to hand the mic over to Vino Noir because it was her comments was the mic drop. <laughs> um, Vino Noir had made some very accurate and uh, bone chilling because sometimes the truth hurts, statements about our experience up until that point at the conference. So, Glennis, you want to- I was just trying to close out the final, we were asked for final comments. And this light bulb went off since we were talking about a seat at the table and to be conscious of how you react around people of color, Let's take this conference, for example. And I said, we were on the first night, we were sitting down waiting to have our uh, reception, the, the dinner. And we were sitting at that end of that table all by ourselves for a long while. And I'm going to give another shout out to our good friend, Chris from Lakewood Vineyards in the Finger Lakes, the owner. He came over and said, hey, can I sit down with you all and set a bottle in front of us? He was the only winemaker to do that. There was another winemaker, and I'm going to be nice, like my friends was kicking me and pinching me, don't say their name, because I do remember the winery and the person now. It's forever in my brain. Walked past us, didn't even pour any of his wines or that vineyard's wine the whole time, period. After Chris sat down, there were other winemakers that joined and had general conversation and other people followed. So that was a perfect example of what happens of the marginalization of people of color at some of these events. Not just that one, but it could happen. It has happened at other events. But again, I want to give another shout out and I will keep on giving Lakewood Vineyards a shout out for acknowledging us and just sitting down trying to get to know us and then inviting us to his winery for a personal um, tour and full tasting of all his wines. Does that sum it up, my fellow co-host? Yes. It does. So, so as you can imagine, that there was a... Out of talk. Um, <laughs> an audible gasp. <laughs> when uh when she when she had mentioned that at this very progressive conference because i would say it was progressive that Much. yeah that uh people there were not as inviting to us maybe because they didn't know us even though we were 50 percent of the minority population at the conference um and, and we were isolated in the beginning. So, so during uh, this other podcast, uh, they had a panel on the same day. And 
um, they use a lot of colorful language to explain why you should not solely consider terroir in assessing wine and where it came from. They diss DC. Yeah, so true. We were done with that. Um, <laughs> and, and so, so, and there were a lot of people who were, were not pleased with their statements and objected to their statements, right? Especially in the after events where there was a, a discussion about this. So during their podcast, they made a statement that they were surprised that more people reacted to their after than to Glennis's statement about how we were treated. What was really like uh, frustrating for me was that at the very first seminar of the day, there were two lovely women from the Swirl Suite podcast um, who regaled their encounter for the night previous, which was about, um, the, we had a lakeside dinner um, and they were sat along one of the ends of one of the tables that was closest to the wines. Mm -hmm. And um, up until a white winemaker decided to sit down and pour them some wine, that was the first instance that anyone had approached them about getting any other tastes in the seminar, knowing full well and, and absolutely realizing that, that someone had passed them three times um, and not given them any wine, despite empty wine glasses. And then up until that person sat down with them, all of a sudden, seven other people decided that they would also give them wine, um, just as a, either as a sign of like, you're in, in the in crowd, or like, we should, we should be paying attention to you because. Um, and the fact that people got more upset that we yeah. said, terroir sucks then mm -hmm. <laughs> then someone yeah. being we should fix that whole thing where we were horrible Racist. to black women yeah. Yeah. um like that that's a big disconnect that's a really big disconnect for yeah, me the, that, they well, also are mad at me though too the, the, the swirl sweet ladies were mad because i said dc sucked oh, and sure. i i could not get out of that one i tried to have a conversation they're like that's that's a wrong opinion i'm like Okay, well, I don't like DC, I'm sorry. But they were wonderful, um, and everyone should be mad at me all the time. So I, uh, I thought, it was, I was like, this is a very interesting perspective because if, you know, people went up to them and said, I can't believe you said that, da-da-da-da-da. And nobody went up to them and said, that was a shame how we treated them three little Black girls that came into <laughs> the conference. <laughs> That's a huge statement. Like that is a huge statement. And I can understand them saying there are bigger injustices in this world than us saying, forget the terroir. There's, you know, <laughs> that is not a criminal act. And I'm using that in air quotes. So please, if anybody <laughs> is going to write into Sarita, it was an air quotes type of thing. Um, I think that's I think that's very telling of where we are, where people feel more comfortable in saying in their outrage about how you assess wine than how you assess current circumstances of subtle um, subtle racism. Well, I or mean discrimination that, that would, or not that having a seat at the table. That would mean that they would have to be uncomfortable and look at themselves 
when a lot of times they don't even realize that it's them. Like, oh, well, I don't do that. They're not talking about me. Did any one of those guys speak to you before our panels? I'm chewing popcorn like that little deer on that knee. <laughs> that silence says it all. No, um, the guy that did say that this DC, it was just one of them that this DC, um, he did come up to me after and after. introduce himself. And I said, oh, <clears throat> you're the guy that doesn't like DC. Ah, he was like, oh, I'm just failing today. I just, everybody hates me today. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Uh, it's not that I don't like DC. I was like, no need to clean it up now. No need. You've already said it on your podcast for the world to hear. So it's fine. And what's profound, he walked up to the vine me up, all things D. <laughs> yes. You. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I do want to, I want to talk about the responses that I got from white women at this conference. <sighs> Let me yeah, tell you something. Do not compare your existence in this world to mine. Don't say we got to get these white men out of here like you can't include yourselves. Don't do that. I got a lot of that. Like, oh, you know, it's just, it's crazy how this white men are. No, no. It's crazy how all of you are. It's not just it's not just men. And a lot of times it sneaks up on us because y'all act like friends, you know? Yeah. So I, please don't do that. The next time <laughs> you're in the you're in this situation and you're responding to something racist that happens, do not compare your experience to ours. It's never gonna be the same. Nope. And that's a mic drop. <laughs> But you know what? And I'm not defending them, the poor things. I don't think they know what, what to say. Instead of just owning up and being forthright, forthright and honest, yeah, let's figure out, oh, I could spin this and use the man thing and to get the conversation started. That's just like being at work. You know, some of your coworkers, they can't say nothing to you, but, oh, you changed your hair. I don't give a shit about your hair. Why are you talking about mine? Can we have a meaningful conversation about whatever the topic is? Don't use those little, it, yeah, here we go, air quotes again, those little idiosyncrasies to get a conversation started. <sighs> it was interesting. Yeah. There, it, were, it, um, there were a few that said, that simply said, we got to do better. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Exactly. I, I'm, a, um, you know, I'm, I'm shocked and I shouldn't be about how, the world treats you guys and I don't understand it and I'm sorry. So I did yep. get some of those. But and I think that's I think that's I think that that's is a, right. a fair sure statement is, you know, you don't know what to say. Right. And that's fine. Just to say I'm sorry that you were treated that way. That's it. That's I that agree. is fine. J just don't go down the rabbit hole with coming up with other stuff that just is gonna move. <laughs> Yeah. Just, yeah, I understand. Or, or I think I understand mm -hmm. and I, I apologize. You know, that's fine. So, um, what else did old digital? <laughs> but I, I do have to say, um, I, I enjoyed the conference. Mm -hmm. Oh, me too. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed the conference. I learned so much about Riesling that it is not a one note grape. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, and the different agree. expressions of 
Riesling and mm -hmm. um, geographically, which I should not be surprised or what have you, but it is, it was definitely educational. And if anybody who is thinking about, because this is an annual conference that they have in the mm -hmm. Finger Lakes, one, go to the Finger Lakes if you've never been to upstate New York. Beautiful. It is a beautiful area and they have hundreds of um, vineyards to go to while you're yep. there. So, yep. and, it, and it is not limited to Riesling also. Like, so if you were, if you're like, I don't do Riesling, I don't mm -hmm. do that sweet stuff or what have you, trust me, there you're, are, missing, you're <laughs> missing an opportunity. You definitely <laughs> are missing an opportunity. And um, there weren't just domestic stuff there. It was a yes. whole lot of international um, expressions of Riesling and winemakers. And I, I do have to say that the conference organizers, yeah. um, the topics were very timely, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and you're not just sitting there listening to how somebody grew a vine. Yeah. So I, they was, did get really wine, you know, with some of the seminars and it was tough mm -hmm. because right after me and Glennis's panel, they went wine nerdy and everybody had already checked out. You could see their minds just wandering like, I, I, there's no coming back after this. Like, <laughs> they were drinking and not tasting at that point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Leslie, can you give a recap of your panel and um, maybe a, a question or two or some of the things that you said? Um, yeah, I'm going to try to remember. Um, so we talked about basically how do winemakers reach people in social media? Um, just because, you know, they're pulled in so many different ways. And this is social media as it's, it's important. They don't know how to meet people where they are. So we talked a lot about what people did during the pandemic to keep their audiences engaged. We talked about definitely the swirl suite and how the swirl suite um, reaches people and not just on the wine level, but on a lifestyle level, on a, a personal level, and that it touches the audience out there that is uh, not always attended to by mainstream wine people. Um, and that, you know, basically how we came together and we were just coming together because we had things in common and we wanted to talk about wine. And we realized that later on it, it branched out into different, different significant areas. So that's what basically what we had talked about and how there's definitely an untapped audience, um, black American wine drinkers, Latin wine drinkers that isn't reached by mainstream media and that they should pay some more attention to that. <laughs> and also on your panel, which was interesting, it talked about obscure grapes um, and the young lady who did the Cab Franc talked yes, about Yes, yeah, um, that was really interesting. That was, yeah, that was her, and her perspective on how she just honed in on that one variety and um, how it can be overlooked and um, how she makes sure um, that it stays in the mainstream and what and her ways of getting information out about Cafra. Mm -hmm. That was the only other thing at Richard Panel that I remember. Oh, yeah. oh yes, yes, yes. And we can't forget about shitty wine memes. 
Yes, shitty why me. What's funny is that she's great. Please check out her Instagram site. It is hilarious. And she just takes everyday memes about wine and turns it around. But her whole point was, is that wine can be fun. It doesn't have to be so uppity and obscure. And, um, And that it should be approachable for everyone. And there's humor in everything that you do. And she has these great pins. We all got a one of her pins and multiple pins to wear. But yeah, Shitty Wine Means is the bomb. And she's from Miami. And another shout out to our other sister on your panel, um, Maya Johnson Dunn. Yes. Great job um, guiding you guys through the questions. And I want to shout her out because she just wrote an article about Wagner Vineyards. Oh, yeah. The title is Disrupting the Wine Industry with Care. Pretty much uh, Wagner, they realized that they wanted to take it a step above Mm -hmm. creating a diverse, not only like environment for their, the people who work there, but for the customers. So they have a code of conduct for the visitors that come to that winery. So he went to a conference, he did some research. It's a really good article. We got to have Maya on the show to tell us, you know, a lot more about that or a Wagner for that, for that matter. But it, that's really cool. That's what you do, you know, in response. Oh, Oh, and oh, let's not forget Bill because Bill invited us. Yes. Bill is our DC buddy. Yes. And uh, Sarita, I, I'm so sorry. I cannot remember Bill's restaurant in DC. Tail up goat. Yeah. Tail up goat. I, I can remember the, um, the goat. Yeah. The goat. <laughs> and he invited us. Did he get back to us on a date? No, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. What, what, what's going on with the dates? Mm-hmm. We have to. And then you know what? On your panel, there was this gentleman. There's a lot of, in addition to vineyards in the Finger Lakes, there are a lot of um farmers and vegetable and fruit producers in that area produces a lot of items and there was a latin gentleman who talked about the conditions of of workers there and basically um the pay inequity which we you know often forget about Mm -hmm. about um on the farms and that you know and um, and how we disseminate information. And I think, Glennis, you brought up a great point when you're talking about pesticides and making sure that the information that they're providing to their workers is in um, a just, format that they can understand. Yep. It's an environmental justice issue um, that is really covered under our EJ. Uh, outreach efforts when you are talk when you are talking about different populations, how are they receiving tech sheets and things of that nature? You know, it can't be business as usual. It can't be in English all the time, and it can't be at such a high level of scientific and technical writing that the layperson, I'm just going to use a better word, term, picks it up and like. I don't understand these organic compounds as written, you know, just say what the dangers are. So it, it, it's an, it, yeah, yeah. And he, our, the guy that was on our panel was really, really good. He was nervous and he was like, well, you did great. You got your message across. I think everybody really took it to heart. So 
I think it, it went really well. I'm sorry that I dropped the bomb and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and what they needed it, they needed to wake up, it seems. Well, our mom already kept saying, be real, right? She did say that. She kept saying, be real, don't hold back. And I was like, boy, we are holding back. I got to figure out what. <laughs> I got to say, let me help her out here. Okay, we got you. I got you. I got you. Got you. But it was fun. You know, since we, we haven't done all our shout outs, we need to uh, shout out uh, Maxwell. Oh yeah, Maxwell. Maxwell because they did, a, yep. they did a pop up there. Um, Maxwell, Maxwell Park from DC was up there and they had partnered with German Wines. And so they did a nightly pop up up there. Yeah. And shout out to our boy, Steven Schmitz, senior director from Binder. That was our, our, our new friend. We got to get him on. Got to yeah. get him on. Got to yeah, get we him met on. a lot of great people. Yes, indeed. He hooked us up. So, and he's interested. He really wants to be on the show too. So that was going to be a fun. We might need to make that an after dark. Book. Yeah, that might be an <laughs> after dark one. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you guys go back to this conference? Would you go back if you weren't a panelist? They offered a lot. I guess I, I got yeah. a really. I didn't really pay attention to um, the whole registration process. I know it was broken out into different pieces and mm -hmm. price points or whatever, and never really totaled yeah. the whole thing and would I want all access. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because we were there primarily for the professional panels. Right. Mm -hmm. But starting that Thursday or Friday, they had, I don't want to call it amateurs, but they had like open. So for the, for the public, for, yeah. For the public, right. So if you weren't in the wine industry and you just, you know, you were just going to make this destination, mm -hmm. um, they had activities there. So if you, if you're like, I don't want to hear about grapes growing or what have you, I just want to drink some good wine. They had different panels and tours for that, those days. And we had, we had good old Cornell chicken, which when they first said we were having Cornell chicken, I thought it was like pumped with hormones or what have you. <laughs> but, but it was a, it's like a Peruvian chicken to me. It tastes like Peruvian chicken. It and was that really chicken good. was so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. He did it. And he um, grilled it all by himself. Yeah. With that yeah. huge grill. I don't even, I got to check to see if I got a picture of the grill. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was good. It was really good. It was, it was definitely good. It, it seems like that area is an eclectic mix of different winemakers. A lot of young winemakers. They were young, yeah. Seem to, um, to migrate yeah. to that area to, to learn how to make wine, to work different harvests yeah. in that area. And then with Cornell so close, mm -hmm. um, remember we met the other young lady who studied canned wine specifically. Um, working on a phd yeah mm -hmm. yeah so they probably get a lot of students that become winemakers too oh yeah would i go back yeah yeah mm -hmm. I, and i love the finger lakes and i liked i liked lake geneva it was cute it was a cute little town yeah exactly so, so i would definitely go back yeah and we were at the so 
the audience understands the Finger Lakes is made up of one, two, three, four, five, five or six lakes. And we were in Geneva. And if you look at your hand, like, and I want to say like your middle finger right at the top is where Geneva sits. So it's very north in the Finger Lakes. And it's, to give you a reference, it's about 50 miles north of Corning, um, New York. And beautiful. <laughs> it's yes, just, gorgeous. That's beautiful. Sitting on the, you know, some of the way some of the houses and the vineyards are um, situated, the aspect of the vineyard. Yeah. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. The lake. So I would definitely go back. I would definitely. Yeah. And plus, we got to go back because we were invited back to sit with Chris <laughs> and his family on his porch and drink some more wine. There you go. Yeah, we yeah. intended on our ride back, we had intended to stop at three places. Oh, did you guys stop at all? No. Mm-hmm. We stopped at we stopped at Lakewood. Mm-hmm. And well, what did you get from Lakewood? Say it again. What did you get from Lakewood? A suitcase full of wine. Did we sure did. <laughs> we sure did. And we we pre- we pretty much met the whole family. Yeah. And we met the uncle. Met his, uh, was his, his uncle, father, his father's brother, or his uh, wife's his, brother. His father's brother, who his father and him and his brother were the ones who really established the vineyard mm-hmm. there. So his his father's brother. Yep, learned a little bit about him, the wife, his daughters. So yeah, it was really he opened. He's like y'all family, and his wife said. I knew he, he he met some. He said he met some friends, and we walked up. And she was like, "Hey, she came over. Had to see who he must be talking about, because they said, oh, he said he met some friends and that y'all would be coming.' Because we at least we called before we came, and that yeah, that's what happened. Yep. <laughs> oh man. So did you try? Because I think I only tried one of his wines. Did you try many? Were all of them pretty good? Oh, they were pretty good. Yeah. Oh, they're pretty good. We, oh, she's Oh, drinking. you drinking one today. What it was, so what are you drinking? Is that a Riesling? No, I, so you remember when I, oh, Sarita, you weren't in the car when we were driving up, but I said, I wanted to find an ice wine. Uh, and I had not, which is so, you know, it's so funny because you have a certain um, perspective about regions, like they have all of these, but when we were there, we did not have uh, a lot of ice wines to, to try. And he and I and Glennis had mentioned, oh, Leslie's looking for an ice wine. And he had this one at Lakewood. And it's called uh, Glacier Venom, which is Latin for um, ice wine, basically. And um, it's really, it's actually really good. And because, you know, some ice wines are just too sweet. They're overly sweet or what have you. It's like but syrup. This, yeah. And to the, yeah, to the some point where it actually um, tastes bitter in nature because it's too sweet. But he calls it iced wine because it's not traditional ice wine where it stays on the vine to the first frost. They actually pick the grapes and then they freeze them. Hmm. Interesting. And then, yeah, and then they make the ice wine. But um, 
surprisingly, you still get a lot of acid off of this, off of um, this wine. You definitely can um, taste the acid, but it's not overwhelming. It's just like a nice subtle addition to it. And of and, course they're made with Riesling. Yeah. Great. And we bought, we bought um, two, I bought two bottles of their sparkling, their high end sparkling. I haven't opened them yet. So I'll let you know, but I did open the bubbly canoe or bubbly, what was that? The one they, they put it in a can, but they have it in a bottle too. They do both. So I served that um, this weekend <clears throat> with some friends who were in from Milwaukee and they love it. It's pretty, it's pretty decent. I didn't have to and then I that. also got their three generation Riesling. Right, I got that Which one is their dry Riesling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one was delicious. Mm -hmm, that was good. <laughs> that was very good. Yay. So speaking of New York, I read that New York is going to require proof of vaccination for fitness centers, museums, and uh, uh, this is New York City. So you're going to have to, you know, I don't know if like maybe you can take a picture of your vaccination card or you got to laminate it and carry it around with you. But um, people are, are getting back serious because they I don't think anybody wants to close. Right. So they're just trying to figure out ways to uh, try to keep everybody safe, I guess. I, one thing I would not suggest you laminate your vaccination card because if you have to get a booster, and they want to use oh. the car to put on, then what you're yeah. going to do. True. So get the mm. pouch. like you Oh, know, the pouch. Okay. Little pouches, because they have pouches to fit the size of the um, vaccination card, which I have. Okay. You can buy um, a three-pack on Amazon mm -hmm. and just put it in that pouch and you seal it so you can take it out, get it. If mm. you get a booster, they date it and signed and you can put it back in. Gotcha. No, that's, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I would, you know what? I make a copy of my vaccination card because mm -hmm. I know me and I would up and lose it and be really upset. Yeah. So I make, I don't take the original with me. I take the copies of it, but the thing about it, and this is what I was very concerned about in the beginning is people who have chosen not to get vaccinated that they have gotten sick. <clears throat> and the, the virus has mutated. And now I feel like they have nullified my vaccination because people who are getting, um, some people who are now getting sick have been vaccinated and now they are getting sick. Now they aren't getting sick and dying, but still they have not, we have not stopped the spread. And part of the reason we haven't stopped the spread is because People did not get vaccinated, not because of health reasons or, or those type of reasons, just because they don't believe in the science and that there's some voodoo behind that. Yeah. Um, it's just pure ignorance is what it is. I think, you know, I made, I posted something on Facebook as you hear people go, well, you don't know what's in it. I, you, know, you don't know what's in them chicken McNuggets and that, um, that Coca-Cola you drinking either. You know, it's just a, and I know everybody has the right to make their own decisions on things, but the only thing that the folks who have gotten vaccinated 
have done, thank God, is slow down the progression of this disease, of this virus, excuse me. And um, like you said, Leslie, hey, what viruses and bacteria do, they mutate and that's what's happening. So now you have this variant and the, the, those of us who have gotten the vaccine, if you catch the variant at this point, if you're exposed to the virus at this point, the variant virus at this point, the vaccine that you have in your immune system has a better fighting chance of you surviving. And that's all, that's the testimonies that we who have been vaccinated can get. And just, I know several people who didn't get it and um, one is a couple are gone, so. I don't yeah. think it's worth getting on a ventilator because to be in, in, innovated is not fun because most of the folks don't come over. It's like, mm -hmm. wow, who'd ever thunk it? Yeah. You would be living through a pandemic. You know, you read about these pandemic. The last big one, which is similar to this, was the Spanish flu, 1818 to 1820, which was, like I told people, we really wouldn't be out clear. It, Believe me, 2022, you would start really seeing a decline because that's if everybody followed the protocols. So it would run its course. But who knows if 2022 is the target at this point? Well, in DC recently, even vaccinated people now have to wear a mask inside. Mm -hmm. yep. It's gone back, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Let's see if um, our... Our, our governor um, mandates that because every store you go into in Maryland says, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. So how are you yeah. police now? You think somebody who is opposed to wearing masks is not vaccinated, gonna stop at that store door and be like, yo, I'm not vaccinated. No, they're still going in. Yep. I don't even know why they got the signs up. And did y'all see, what is it called, Lollapalooza? Lollapalooza! Oh my goodness! What in the world? They, you can't even see the ground. So I am sh I'm shocked. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> we had we were in the Finger Lakes. We stopped at this dairy. It was a very good dairy, mm -hmm. and they had a table <laughs> of different cheeses cut <laughs> up, and then you had your toothpick and you could pick your cheese. And I, I, I couldn't do it. I could not go and get the cheese because <laughs> people were leaning over the table, without a mask, just eating it. And I'm like, I just, I'm just gonna have to pass. I'll buy my own damn cheese, but I'm not going to go to that table. And you sure did. You went and bought cheese. Yep. I didn't buy no cheese, but I bought pretzels. I didn't eat any. I just ate some Leslie's later. So that's, you know, that's a good question. I don't, and Serena, you may have asked this before, but what won't you go back and do now? Mm -mm. Uh, not ready for open buffet buffets. <laughs> I know I'm not with the inside um, concerts where it's wall to wall people. If I can't go an outside concert, I, mm -mm. I don't like crowds to start with. So you want to put me a hundred thousand people in a stadium somewhere? Mm -hmm. nah, man. Yeah, because um, I know Gabrielle Union, she's releasing a book, her second book, 
and she's doing a book tour and she's coming to DC. She's coming to the Warner theater in September. And a friend texted me and asked me, was, you know, did I, was I considering going, would you, would I want to go? I was like, Ooh, nah, I'm leaning towards. No, I just don't know what it's going to be like by the right. time fall rolls around. I have no idea. And as you know, Warner theater is not very big. So right. nah. Is yeah. she doing a wine pairing with her book? <laughs> I don't know. But I think the title of her book is, Do You Have Something Stronger? You know what I am cautious about? Uh, Shaking hands now. Oh, sure. Like people, people, when the first person like put their hand out to shake, I was like, should I shake? Should I touch it? Should I, yeah. you know, do I elbow people? You just yeah. don't know. Yeah. And if you shake somebody's hand, because it's sometimes it's an automatic right you i'm quickly like squirt 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 with hand sanitizer it's just you got to do it real quick um let's get this well see you know so that shaking hand thing i didn't i wasn't really into from the beginning because i remember one of my big two levels up um supervisor he will always sneeze in his hand and just kind of like wipe it on. So he went to shake it. I was like, hmm, because you sneeze in your hand. Everybody looked at me. I was like, y'all, who cares? That's what he do. I'm not, I'm not shaking his hand. So can we talk about this Hulu and Power thing for a minute? Why won't Hulu let me sign up? I have not watched Power. Wait, it won't I let you sign up? Okay, so it kept saying when I, you know, went through the whole thing, put my name in, account, went through Amazon Fire, blah, 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 blah. And said it doesn't recognize the card for payment. I'm still buying off of Amazon. My everything else is still pulling from mm-hmm. Amazon. For some reason, I, I don't know what the connection is with Amazon and that Hulu, but it's, it's not reading it. What? I was like, God, I could have been halfway finished. That's crazy. Wait, do we watch through Hulu or do we watch through Amazon Prime uh, video? Amazon Prime. Yeah, so try Prime Video, Glennis. That should work for you. Okay, okay. The first season, okay. Yeah, because we were getting into it. Guys, we introduced Glennis to power and now we're ready for her to catch up. Oh, and Kanan the young man who plays Kanan mm-hmm. is 50 Cent's son in real life. Get that out of here. Son. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, you, and it's so funny because when you first, you're like, you don't look like 50, but they have a picture of the two of them standing together mm-hmm. on the um, World Wide Web. I was like, yeah, that's a man's son. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for joining the Swirl Sweet podcast and listening to our recap of the Finger Lakes. Be sure to follow all of us on social media. I am Vine Me Up. Leslie is Vino301. Glennis is Vino Noir. And Tanisha is Girl Meets Glass. The Vine Me Up activity book is still for sale on my website, findmeupdc.com, or you can order straight from Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. Cheers.